This is KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Wednesday, December 8th. It's 6 p.m. and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. I'm Claudio Mendoza. State lawmakers allocated $1.5 billion yesterday for forest management and other wildfire prevention methods. The California Report shares details before speaking with Brian Allegretto, a forecaster with OpenSnow.com, about a series of winter storms headed our way next week that could bring significant amounts of snow to the Sierra and surrounding foothills. After a brief look at regional headlines and weather, Felton Pruitt speaks with the Nevada County Toy Run's new organizer, Eric Oliver. We close tonight with a commentary by Reed Hamilton. This is the California Report. I'm Leslie McClurg in San Francisco. Lawmakers discussed how California is going to try and prevent catastrophic wildfires during an oversight hearing yesterday. Cap Radio's Scott Rod has more. The state allocated about $1.5 billion for vegetation thinning and forest management this year. It's a record-setting investment. But of course, dollars alone will not prevent wildfires. Democratic Assemblyman Richard Bloom chairs the budget subcommittee that held the oversight hearing. We must ensure that these fuel reduction and community protection projects are done in a timely and equitable manner. Lawmakers called for the hearing after a CAP Radio investigation found Governor Gavin Newsom significantly overstated his administration's accomplishments on wildfire prevention. After a months-long delay, lawmakers finally got their chance to ask questions. They learned that the governor's program to streamline environmental review is struggling. Helen Kirstein is with the nonpartisan Legislative Analyst's Office. We didn't find clear, uh, you know, clear data showing that it had um, had significantly expedited projects. But again, it's it's very early days here. Lawmakers also pressed Cal Fire Chief Tom Porter for real-time data on projects, but he said that's not possible right now. The state system updates on a monthly basis. It will be up to Porter's successor to make that data more readily available. He retires on Friday after three years of leading the department. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sacramento. Residents in L.A. are avoiding going outside because they don't want to breathe dirty air. That's one of the most recent findings in a USC Dornsife survey. Last year, one in five residents said they stayed inside to avoid wildfire smoke. This year, it was one in two. KCRW's Kaylee Wells has the details. The air quality survey confirmed that climate change is hitting communities disproportionately. Black residents were most likely to say that they don't have air conditioning at home and that they work outdoors unsheltered. Lower income residents were also more likely to experience distress because of a natural disaster like a wildfire or an extreme heat event. The percentage of Angelinos who view climate change as a threat to their health also went up. Interestingly, only 18% of Angelinos believe that their local government is doing enough to fight climate change. Survey Director Kyla Thomas says the younger respondents were the most distressed. And younger people, interestingly, are less likely than older people in L.A. to believe that their individual actions will make a difference in fighting climate change. But there's good news, too. Enthusiasm for electric and hybrid vehicles has gone up. Now, nearly half of the respondents said the next time they're in the market, they'll avoid a traditional gas car. For the California Report, I'm Kaylee Wells in Los Angeles. There's finally a winter storm watch in the forecast tonight in both Lake Tahoe and Mammoth. 
To find out how the ski season is shaping up, we're joined by Brian Allegretto. He's a forecaster for open snow in both Northern California and Nevada. So I have to admit, I'm getting a little nervous about the ski season. I bought a pass this year, but we've had a very dry November. So any chance this current storm is going to help us out? Probably not this storm. It's too small and too cold. But we are tracking storms for next week that could really turn things around completely. What, 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 what might we see next week? That's good news. <laughs> so next week, we may have a storm that's very slow moving down the West Coast, and it could bring several waves of precipitation into the Sierra, and it looks cold. And so a lot of times when we see high precipitation events, we get high snow levels. And right now, fingers crossed, the way everything looks, it could be both cold with snow to lake level, and the storm could last for a few days, and it could pile up in feet of snow. So we're very hopeful for next week to see a huge turnaround, but lots of cold air behind the small storm Thursday, which will be great for around the clock snowmaking through the weekend for the ski resorts. That's all very good news. Do you have any sense going out even further in terms of how the rest of this year might shape up? It is a La Nina season and they can go either way. We do actually historically over the last 50 years on Donner Summit come in close to average on La Nina seasons when you take the dry ones and the wetter ones. And going into this season, though, in any La Nina season, I always err on the side of below average, especially for Southern and Central California. For the Northern Sierra, that's where we can see average and slightly above in La Nina more often. And so we're right on that line here in Lake Tahoe. And so I was originally thinking 80 to 90% based on La Nina and some other factors. But we had such a huge start in October with over 400% of average snowfall and literally picked up 10% of our annual average that going into November, I added 10% to that seasonal forecast and went with 90 to 100% of average snowfall. And then what happened when we had a really dry November? How did you do your calculation then? (laughs) So then we started December actually still slightly above average for snowfall because October was so big. And then just in the last couple of days, we've dipped just below average. We're sitting about 86% of average for December 7th. And then we have a little bit of snow coming in the next few days, probably about four to eight inches. That'll keep us in that 85 to 90% range. And then next week it could flip the other way. And that's what people have to understand in California. We get huge storms sometimes. We get 100 inches or more sometimes in a week. And so we can go from dirt on the ground to fully open at ski resorts in one storm series. Well, may it be so next week. Thank you so much, Brian, for your time. Yeah, no problem. Brian Allegretto is a snow forecaster for Open Snow and Open Summit. With all eyes on COVID and now the Omicron variant, flu season might have slipped your mind. But cases are starting to slowly rise. Dr. Maria Raven is strongly urging everyone to get their flu shot this year. She's a chief of emergency medicine at UCSF Health. There's just really no downside to getting the flu vaccine. If you look at the sort of dangers or the fatality rates with flu compared to COVID, you know, flu is really a, can be a dangerous bug for people that are at high risk, older people, much younger children, people with serious medical conditions. And for folks still planning to get their booster shots, they can knock both out at once. Raven says people shouldn't be worried about increased side effects from doubling up. Support for the California Report comes from Hint, fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. 
Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, December 8th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Leslie McClurg in San Francisco. Thanks for listening. The Nevada County Public Health Department held a free clinic yesterday offering the second dose of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine to school-aged children ages 5 to 18. Children who received the second dose yesterday will be fully protected for the December holidays. I was there, and I spoke to parents and kids about it. Here's Jennifer from Grass Valley. Your daughter is now fully vaccinated, and what are your thoughts about it? Well, of course, it's disappointing that we're in the middle of a pandemic in the first place. I mean, it's nerve-wracking, and we have mixed information coming from all kinds of sides. I'm at a school in a community where vaccinations are questioned, um, but I feel like with what we have and what's out there, this is the safest way, and protecting my kids is the way... That, like that's the key thing that's what we want to do first and foremost and this feels like the best way to do that and are you vaccinated i am and so does this mark now your family being fully vaccinated our whole family is now fully vaccinated how does that feel is that going to change the way you go about life now um it helps me relax a little bit more i think my actions are pretty much the same i'm still following mask mandates where we need to and when optional then i'm choosing to not wear one um but when we're in places where they need where they're required then i'm happy to still wear one and i think it's just as a feeling of more relaxation not so much changing my behaviors and here's clay from nevada city and how do you feel now that you've gotten your second dose Really excited. Are you? So cool. I'm immune to COVID. I'm so excited. I won't have to be... I won't have to be like, oh, just worried about it. Were you really worried about COVID before you got your vaccine? Worried, yes. Pretty worried. And so now do you feel like you can, you know, go about the world safely? Do you feel like now things are going to, you're going to do things now that you hadn't done before? Yes, I I mean, my mom was saying that when I get fully vaccinated, we can actually go outside of the country. And now that I'm fully vaccinated, we actually can do that. Nice. Do some traveling. Are you excited then, huh? Yes. Um, our friends Ashwin and Aloe moved to what was London, and we can finally see them. So you're going to go to London? Yes. Oh, that's exciting. Nevada County reported 16 new confirmed COVID-19 cases today. 156 are active. 10 people are hospitalized. Nevada County announced today that along with Sierra Roots, it will activate the extreme weather shelter protocol for tomorrow and Friday evenings with COVID-19 safety measures in place. The shelter is located at 415 North Pine Street in Nevada City in the lower level of the Nevada City Veterans Hall and will open at 4.30 p.m. both nights and will close at 7.30 each morning. Further assistance for homeless residents can also be gained by dialing 211 or 1-844-319-4119. Turning now to regional weather, in Grass Valley and Nevada City, Expect rain tonight, mainly after 10 p.m., with a low around 39. 
Tomorrow, more rain likely, mainly before 9 a.m., then it'll be cloudy, gradually becoming mostly sunny, with a high near 47. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, a winter weather advisory has been issued by the National Weather Service for the area, beginning at 8 p.m. tonight through 4 p.m. on Thursday. Motorists are advised that travel could become difficult during that time, and lakegoers should note that gusts of up to 35 miles per hour on Lake Tahoe will make for very choppy conditions, with wave heights of up to 4 feet. Tonight, a chance of rain before 10 p.m., then rain and snow mixed before 1 a.m. The snow level will be 7,100 feet, lowering to 6,100 feet. Tonight's low will be 24 degrees. New snow accumulation of up to 3 inches possible. Tomorrow, more snow likely, mainly before 10 a.m., with a high near 35. In Sacramento and the surrounding areas, tonight rain likely, mainly after 3 a.m., with a low around 48 degrees. Tomorrow, there will be a 30% chance of rain, mainly before 7 a.m., then gradually clearing with a high near 55. The Nevada County Toy Run, a 29-year-old tradition, will begin at the Rood Center this Saturday, rain or shine. Felton Pruitt recently spoke with one of its new organizers, Eric Oliver. We're talking with Eric Oliver, who is putting on this year's Nevada County Toy Run, which is a historic event that's been going on for, oh gosh, over 30 years. And Tom Stracer was doing it for years and years. And Eric, you've taken over the task, haven't you? That's right. Thanks for having me, Felton. First off, the Toy Run Historic, give people a little background about the Toy Run. Uh, Tom Stacer started the Toy Run back in 1991, so this is the 30th annual. He started it off with a small group of guys that just saw a need for families around the holidays. They could use some help getting their kids Christmas gifts as well as a meal. And so for the past 29 years, he's arranged that, and it's gotten bigger and bigger as years go on up to a max of around 1,800 motorcycles coming out. And they've been able to feed anywhere between two and 500 families, and that means a, a turkey or ham dinner with a bag of potatoes and all the fixings that go with it, as well as provide toy or toys to their children of all ages. This year our goal is to feed 400 families. We already have all the food purchased for that, and get toys to about 1,200 kids. This is a giant bike run and as people on their motorcycles coming from the Eric Rood Center to the fairgrounds on McCourtney in Grass Valley. It's quite a project, and you've got to figure out roads and mapping and everything. Tell people a little bit about how it's going to work this Saturday. Yeah, there's been a lot more involved in it than I would have expected between dealing with all the different agencies and everything. It takes a, a lot of people coming together, working together on this to make it happen, and uh Thankfully, we have real great people in our community that are able to make that work between Nevada City PD, the sheriffs, search and rescue, Grass Valley PD, public works, the fire departments, everybody's coming together. So, like you were saying, everybody meets at the Eric Rood building, 950 Maidu Avenue off Highway 49. The ride leaves at 12 noon. People are welcome to come earlier than that. Everybody likes to hang out and check out the motorcycles and just chat. We'll have coffee and donuts getting served by uh, the Christian Motorcycle Association. We'll have a vendor booth set up selling long sleeve t-shirts with this year's Toy Run logo on it. We'll have run pins and a limited number of sweatshirts. Everybody leaves there, 12 noon, 
and we parade down through Nevada City and up Sacramento Street onto Zion and keep going straight up on the Nevada City Highway. The main difference this year between past years is, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to go through downtown Grass Valley due to lack of manpower. So when we get to the four-way intersection where Dorsey and Sierra College cross Nevada City Highway there, we're all going to take a left, and we're going to get on the freeway at Dorsey and exit for the fairgrounds. It shouldn't be too complicated for the people riding. You just follow the bikes in front of you. But it's important that the bystanders that want to come and watch can stand anywhere between that Dorsey Drive area and the freeway and then all the way up through Brunswick, Nevada City, you know, all down Broad Street in Nevada City, so on and so forth. I just don't want anybody standing out on on Mill Street waiting for the bikes to come by, and then, and they never do. It's an amazing sight. When you see a 1,000 motorcycles go by, and every one of them has gifts on it, you know, presents wrapped and ready to go. Yeah, it's, it's really impressive. At the peak, there was 1,800 motorcycles. We're hoping for, you know, a, a large number this year. It, it's super impressive, and, it, and it's heartwarming to see, you know, all these big bad bikers with, you know, teddy bears and, and pink <laughs> tricycles strapped to the back of their motorcycles, and all coming out just to help the kids in need. Yeah, it's a sight to be seen, for sure, definitely. Do you still want some more uh, support, financial support? Is there a way to do that? We can always use financial support. You can get a hold of me, Eric, at 530-277-5004. You can email us, nevadacountytoyrun at gmail.com. Our Facebook is also Nevada County Toy Run. And if you just want to give a couple bucks, you know, 5, 10, 20, 50 bucks, Venmo is probably the easiest way to do that. Our address for that is at Save the Toy Run. And anything helps. There's an after party at the Do Drop In for all the bikers, so that's going to be fun too. And it's just an amazing there thing. Is. They do that every year. It's a good time. Can people come out to the fairgrounds to see all the bikers come in? Yeah, a lot of people can stand, you know, usually you're going to stand out on the sidewalk in front of the fairgrounds. That's a pretty common place for people to come out. Yeah, because it's just a great site. And, of course, coming down Broad Street in Nevada City is just an amazing event. It is. And that reminds me about the start of the run. Another uh, slight change we have is CHP will not be closing down Highway 49 when we leave the Reeves Center and cross 49 onto Broad Street. So everybody's kind of on their own to get across safely. Just watch for cars. And I don't think it'll be a problem. That's how we did it last year. Just give our listeners a heads up. Sometime between like a quarter of 12 and probably 1, 1 1.15, you might want to just be on the sidewalk and watch the bikes go by. Stay out of the roads in their path because they need to get through. We need to get a lot of bikes through from Nevada City to Grass Valley. So just be aware, like you said, Broad Street's going to be massive for about 12 to 12.45. And then uh, all the routes, uh, Zion Street, Sacramento Street, up uh, Nevada City Highway, all that way. Absolutely. That's correct. And, and law enforcement's going to actually have these intersections shut down. So if you're trying to get through and think you're going to be able to slip in and get across, it's not going to happen. So try to find alternate routes. And if not, just be patient. It's, it's all about the kids, and the bikes will, will get them through as quick as possible. Realistically, we're only going across each intersection for about half of an hour. Yeah. So it is about that full hour between start to finish all the way from the root center to the fairgrounds, but, but each area is only clogged up for about half an hour. We're talking with Eric Oliver. He's in charge of the Nevada County Toy Run happening this Saturday, starting at noon at the Rood Center. It's a wonderful tradition here in Nevada City and Grass Valley. Hey, Eric, thanks for all your hard work. 
Thank you. And one last thing before I go, if I could just thank some of the people helping us out, is uh, Chelsea and Shannon Bueller, Ed Peavy. We have Interfaith Food Ministry, Nevada County Food Bank, Head Start, and United Way. Excellent. The Toy Run this Saturday. Have a great one, Eric. Thanks for having me. We close tonight with a commentary by longtime Nevada County resident Reed Hamilton. Reed has been a local business owner and farmer and is one of the founding members of the Nevada County Citizens Climate Lobby. Put your money where your heart is. Nevada County Climate Action Now will hold a webinar on socially and environmentally conscious investing on December 9th at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Why should you listen? Many of us are deeply worried about the future of our world. We've lived through several years of devastating wildfires, extreme heat, smoke, and drought, hurricanes, and extreme rain events not only in the southeast U.S., but also all across the country are threatening even imagined safer places. Many food crops that we love are suffering losses or are curtailed for lack of irrigation water and because of heat. In the meantime, our national elected officials struggle to make meaningful progress in fighting global heating. The COP26 global climate meeting just concluded in Glasgow yielded few significant agreements despite intense lobbying and massive protests. What to do in the face of this seemingly intractable situation? Those of us who are not struggling to get by do have the power of our wealth, even if it's just a bank account. How we let our assets be used does matter in reversing the damage to the climate. In the five years following the Paris Agreement, the world's 60 biggest banks have invested $3.8 trillion in fossil fuels. G20 countries have provided more than $3.3 trillion in subsidies for fossil fuels since the Paris Climate Agreement. Each of us are entrenched in the existing financial system as customers, pensioners, business owners, and governments. Our banking system is actively aiding in the destruction of our shared home. By investing in alignment with regenerative principles, we have the opportunity to put life back at the center of our imagination of wealth. Denying funding for fossil fuel projects and deforestation are ways we can all directly affect change. Again, NC Climate Action Now will host a webinar on Thursday, December 9th, at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, where you can get an overview of how to use the power of your money for a livable world. The evening will include a recorded conversation with Andrew Bihar, CEO of the nonprofit As You Sow, whose mission is to promote environmental and social corporate responsibility through shareholder advocacy, coalition building, and innovative legal strategies. We will also have a live presentation from Scott Beasley, a local certified financial planner with Robert W. Baird & Company, Inc., who will talk about the options for using your assets for a livable planet. There will be a question and answer period, followed by a brief overview of some online resources you can use. You can find the link to the webinar by going to ncclimateactionnow.org where you will find a tab for Invest, Divest at the top of the homepage. The views expressed on this show are those of the speakers only and are not necessarily those of KVMR, our board, staff, volunteers, or contributors.
That concludes our newscast for Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. The KVMR Evening News airs Monday through Friday from 6 to 6.30 and can be heard over the air on our website, kvmr.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. We get support from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, family-owned, operated, and argued over since 1980. Proud supporter of independent thought, whether that's online, over the air, in a can, or bottle. Information at sierranevada.com. And Prosperity Lanes, offering 18 lanes of solar-powered, air-conditioned bowling. With group and special needs accessibility, blacklight bowling, also league bowling. Shirley's Grill serves salads, breakfast, burgers, and beer. Open daily, prosperitylanes.com. Thank you very much for listening and for supporting your local independent radio station. I'm Claudio Mendoza. Stay warm and stay safe.